Welcome to episode six of the Brinkman podcast, the show where we talk to some of the missionaries that have inspired the stories and uh, live some of the adventures that you hear brought up in the Brinkman adventures. We talk a little bit about the behind the scenes, how the episodes came together, some of the funny things that happened, the things that we learned as well. With me is Sarah Boltman, Aunt Auntie Sarah. Hello, I'm uh, here. And she's here. And uh, we're privileged again to have Ian Boltman with us, uh, the very thin and spidery uh, founder of the Brinkman Adventures, uh, <laughs> uh, who's once again wearing his limited edition Brinkman Adventures hat, uh, which is, is uh, that's pretty cool. I think we should come to the store or something I like that. I think so too. Yeah. yeah that's so, a good idea, Eric. <laughs> thanks. Uh, what we're talking about today is last episode, we talked with Dave Eubank, uh, the founder and really driving force behind uh, the Free Burma Rangers. as a fascinating conversation about how he, he was in the military. And um, we also compared the people that are soldiers to, to missionaries being very similar creatures. And uh, today we're also going to talk about the Free Burma Rangers, uh, part two uh, the episode where it's kind of takes place more in the present, uh, and it's a pretty exciting, action-packed episode. And we're going to have engineer Josh Boltman uh, actually play us a clip. Go ahead, Josh. This is Dave Eubank, and it's December 2nd, 1600 hours. I'm currently about a kilometer from Pungan village. The Tatmadaw have been shelling this village for about 20 minutes now. A jet just dropped a bomb about 400 meters from us. Looks like it's a direct hit on a house. I have enough footage. Let's get out of here. A villager. You need to run. There are 400 foot soldiers down there. They are marching up this trail now. How do you know this? I saw them. They come and whole village runs. I said to help my grandmother, but she not come. One of my guys is with your people. His name is Monkey. He's leading them to safety. Catch up to him and tell him we'll slow down the army so they'll have a chance to escape. How are we going to do this? We have the tactical advantage. they got to come up through this little pass. You hide here, I'll hide in the rocks on the other side. When they try to pass, we'll make it difficult. Two against 400? If we don't stop their advance, villagers will die. Yeah. God, please help the people as they flee and protect us here. We also pray for the Tatmadaw army. They need to know you. Please stop them so we don't have to engage and protect them if we must engage. Amen. I'm not sure about God protecting the Tatmadaw. Jesus told us to pray for our enemies. I suppose so. Listen, they're close. Love each other. Unite, Unite and, and work, work for freedom, freedom justice, justice, and, and peace. peace. Forgive and, and don't hate each other. Pray, pray with, with faith, faith. Act with courage. courage. Never, never surrender. surrender. There we Those go. Those guys clip, did an amazing job. It makes it makes Dave sound like a, a total gnarly guy. <laughs> um, and actually, having having seen him, uh, he I, is. I can so kind of picture that. Who was the actor that played Dave in that episode? Dave. See, there you go. Dave, <laughs> Dave Sapiro, a guy named David Sapiro. And uh, there's there's a lot of neat stuff going on in that episode um, with characters. You have a character named Monkey. Uh, you've got villagers, you've got bombs going off, you've got an evil warlord. Uh, it's pretty exciting stuff. And and here to talk uh, with us once again is Dave Eubank, 
Uh, thank you for joining us, Dave. We appreciate it very, very much, taking time out of your busy schedule and, and all the things that you have to do to, to uh, not only support yourself as a missionary and, and get people excited and, and get people uh, praying, um, but uh, you know, time with your family and taking that time out to, to talk with us. Thank you. It's an honor. I remember that, that what happened that the episode was about, clearly. Oh, really? So that really happened? <laughs> well, yeah. Actually, there, was, there were 400 Burma soldiers, 21 of us, and I've divided our group into three groups of seven. We, there were three passes to the most likely come. We put, and they're about a kilometer apart from each other. So we had seven guys in each place, and I was with seven guys. We're at the, the head of the valley, just he and I, just two of us right there mm. with, the, with the other five. And by God's power, the Burma Army did not find us, and they turned. They turned to go to the second pass, and we went there to block them. And the next day they turned, and for four days they kept almost coming to us and turning until they went back to their camp. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. And Ian, um, how did you come across Dave's story? So my brother-in-law, Jonathan Walker, is the uh, pastor up in Wasilla, and they have this amazing missions conference. And so I was there a couple years ago. And while I was there, I think Jonathan said, man, you have got to do a story on this cat named Dave Eubank. I mean, he is like... Rambo for Jesus. <laughs> so um, I remember the first time I reached out to him, I got this cryptic email back. It said, hey, I'm, I'm sneaking around the Tatmadaw army on the sat phone. I'll get with you soon. And I thought, okay, this guy is for real. <laughs> you know, it takes a lot of guts and faith to text someone back in the middle of, a, of, a, of sneaking around the army just to, just to return your phone messages, Dave. Um, <laughs> You, you must be a lot yeah. calmer under, under fire than most of us. One of the things that um, both, I've, I've heard a lot of your different stories, and they're fantastic stories uh, of the things that have happened. But one of the things that strikes me uh, particularly is something that we heard in the clip, which is, you know, there's something's going to come down. Something, something's going to happen. And you take a moment and you pray. And a lot of times, you know, we, we pray about things, but here, I mean, your life a lot of times is actually on the line here. And so when, when that happens, how do you hear God's voice or, uh, discern what you're, what you need to do, uh, in the middle of, of a firefight? It seems more clear for me at those times than any other time. It's Interesting. you know a combination of the situation and what needs to be done to help somebody. Prayer, should I do this? And then it's usually yes. It involves helping somebody. Yeah, and you know the Bible says that we are to pray without ceasing. And I have always thought that it's not you're on your knees 24 hours doing long flowery speeches, but that it's just like you're showing you're in constant contact, uh, you know, with with God, and you are praying about everything uh, in that sense. And there's, there's a level of, it's not like you can't decide whether to go left or right on, on a street corner, but rather you, you, you are praying and um, trusting in, in Christ uh, to take care of you. Um, and I, I yeah. think that's fantastic. And I've sometimes asked 
You know, one time in Kurdistan, I was up in a disputed area. I went for a run, actually. It was other groups that didn't like each other. And I ran down this, ran on this trail, this cliff band onto a road. And I was running the road, and the guy took a shot at me. And there had been three people killed there in the last week, just murdered. Mm. Without getting the politics of it, there's a rival group from Turkey that was there. And the round went right by my face and hit the ground to my left. My nose by an inch, just smacked into the ground. I sped up, you know, just took off and said, the cliff band ahead of you, I just run and jump, you know, not very far, like maybe jump like six, seven feet and I crawl down the rest of it. It's going to be hard to shoot me um, because I'm off, I'm not out of plain sight. And I felt, moment i think things are happening really fast um in the open is your safety Mm. i heard it clear as a bell full speed zigzagging down the road this looked like the longest thing to do ever Mm. and the guy didn't shoot at me again and i figured out later he was down on that trail trail if i jumped down there he would have shot me right in my face and i've had that happen to me a few times so sometimes it really does come down to left and right down to there's someone out in trouble and you ask God what to do because there's bullets hitting everywhere and if you go out there you're probably going to get killed mm-hmm. come to me like greater love no man than this he laid down his life for his friends and when that happened recently in Iraq I was like oh no not that verse <laughs> and, but I knew it was from God so then going forward was not foolishness it wasn't bravado yeah. it wasn't trying to prove anything it also wasn't throwing away my life it was yeah. putting my life out there you know, in the back of my head all the time, there's my wife and three kids. I don't want to leave them. Right. The consequences of every, of every action as much as I can. But finally, when people are, you know, like that in Iraq, 150 people shot on it. And just one little girl left and two guys wounded against the wall. Everybody else dead. And trying to help them with ISIS right there means they're going to try to kill you. Mm-hmm. So a wall, you'd want people to try. Even if they died trying, you'd say, please try. That was a whole day of prayer for that, to, to try to figure out the solution. And the solution that day came in the form of finally got hold of the Americans. They gave us smoke. The Iraqis gave us one tank. We ran behind it. One of the guys we rescued was killed by enemy fire during the rescue, but we rescued one other person and a little girl. Um, that's constant prayer. In fact, you know, talking about praying all the time, I was behind a tank, and I was asking God to go now, to go now. And I just felt, no, wait, wait, you need more cover. You need more smoke. Often it's a second-by-second prayer, and sometimes it's just action. Like another time, corner, they shot my buddy five times. He fell on top of me. I was both sitting down. They shot me once, and I just said, God help. That's all a prayer I could do, and I reacted. Um, sometimes I, I say a prayer for the day, and I only pray a couple more times, but all the way through it. That's a, it's an amazing testimony. And, um, you know, I, th- I think it does also teach us about, you know, here we are sitting in, in what we could consider very comfortable situations mm-hmm. and we neglect to even say thanks sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, you know, the bullets are flying going back to the, the actual episode that takes place that, that we're talking about in the Brinkman adventures and how much of that is, is kind of a real story versus artistic license. Well, the Brinkmans, 
never went to Burma to visit the Eubank family, but the Eubank family has had other families visit them. And, um, and they've gotten themselves into a little bit of trouble. And so we base it off things that have happened to Dave in the past. And I, I think that he's had his run-ins with the Tatmadaw army. Isn't that the case, Dave? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we've, been, <laughs> we've been mortared, machine gun shot at um, very close many times. We've been in, I don't know, many, like 20 close firefights with their 100 of them and seven of us and just shooting at you with rifles, machine guns, anti-RPGs, mortars, uh, grenades, all that. And that's not that many times mm-hmm. over a 20-year period, but then probably about 40 more times being mortared machine gun from a distance. So if they could catch you, they'd kill you. Mm-hmm. Very normal. And we've been chased hundreds of times when they couldn't shoot at us because they couldn't see us. But they knew we were there, and they're chasing us. So we didn't, you know, just, we're eating dinner at 10 o'clock at night. All of a sudden, Burma Army's coming. Everybody's packs up. Villages start fleeing. Sit point. We wait till everybody's gone. We get behind them, and you walk all night long. You start just going right through the worst stuff you can find to shake the Burma Army. Walk all night till the next day. Walk all that day into the night in their, um, their pursuit. Then you can stop. You know, my wife and I, three months pregnant with Sahaley. She didn't know she was pregnant. She was with me on a mission in Korean State, and our, the, where we were got attacked. Korean soldiers we were with numbered about eight, and we had probably 400 to 500 Burmese against us. Burmese soldiers, myself, my wife, and five of my team, one pastor and four medics. And so we, 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 were, we weren't running because it's in the jungle dark. Mm-hmm. But walking as fast as you can, crawling over bamboo, climbing down little cliff bands, till we got to a river, and we swam across the river, and we could see no signs of pursuit, and we so we slept for about an hour until dawn. And it didn't look like Burmari's coming. We took off again, but two guys stayed back to security, and they were killed later that day. Burmari caught up and killed them. Any you know the kids have all had you know since they were born, or well, once they were able to function on their own, they always have a little backpack ready, um, flashlight, fire starter, water, Nalgene bottle, if it's cold, something warm. And every night before they go to sleep, they know where all their gear is because they've had to flee many times themselves. So most of the time in Burma, you're not shot at. You, the Burma comes over the hill, you hear about it, and you're gone. Wow. Dave, I have a question. As a dad with, with a number of kids, I'm sure that you get this from, from other people. How could you take your kids into that? Where we live, our kids are supposed to wear a bike helmet if they ride, ride a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> We don't want to do anything God doesn't have for us. And there's no, you know, fire and forget autopilot. Every day, every mission is different. We pray about what we should do as individuals, what we should do as a family, who should be where all the time. Before we had kids, we asked the question, you know, we're working in Burma already. Should we take our kids there and all that? And my wife, she said, you know, she felt God tell her, don't be led by all the bad things that could happen. He's got gifts. And the ethnic people, when our kids were born, said, oh, those are like our children, too. Please bring them to us. Mm. And so we go as a family because we love each other and want to be together because we feel it's God's way for us. I think it's the best upbringing we can give our kids. I mean, they learn how to ride horses since they're like two years old. They can all hunt, fish, swim, do, can, you know, they're driving Humvees in Iraq, and they got cool experiences. Mm-hmm. All over the world. And, you know, for example, in Iraq, they said, oh, you brought your kids, your most precious thing. We give you our most precious thing, our country. 
that was the same in when we were in Sudan, the Sudanese leaders in the Nuba Mountains, we were bombed every day, died in the caves with the other families. And the leader said, you know, we just realized you don't want anything from us. You really care about us and that you're completely committed to God and to us. Hmm. And so that, that to me is a benefit of um, coming together as a family. And of course, the kids have their own role and ministry in, in it all. And we try, you know, for example, in Iraq or also in Burma, the same. We try not to get them in a situation where they're in direct line of fire for mm-hmm. the Iraqis. So in Burma, we don't take the kids when we go to do reconnaissance or bring my kids. Even if I think it could be safe, Burma, we never see us. If they start mortaring us, for a good reason. So we don't take our kids to that. They're back with the other team members at the clinic or in, in Iraq. My daughter was actually probably about 100 yards away from me when I did the rescue behind the tank next building to film because she also shoots a lot of film around and you're dead. There's bullets going everywhere. But she did drive the armored ambulance just around the corner. And so, yeah, she could have you know been hit by mortar fire or if ISIS had broke through, they would have shot her. This is our profession in our life. We've been in a lot of conflict areas. So what's really dangerous and what's only a little dangerous is mm-hmm. if families are there, our family can be with them. Wow. Guys are fighting army against army. Then our family probably didn't need to be there. We've navigated it. But it's a really daily prayer, not just mom, mom and I. It's the kids. But the kids too. as well. What you, Lord, what do you, where should you be today? How do we do this? The reality is when you're in Iraq or Kurdistan or Syria or Burma, that with these people, they would die for you. I mean, they're more conservative than we are. Hey, you know, we better move the kids now. These, and they'll take care of our kids before they take care of their kids. So, oh, wow. but I, I'm grateful that nothing bad has happened. And that's, to me, a miracle. And I'm grateful. Dave, do the kids ever weigh in when it comes decision time and, and you're praying? All the time they mm-hmm. weigh in. Mm-hmm. We've always been of one accord. I mean, when we landed in Sudan, Sudan proper, not you know, we illegally went in Sudan with the SPLA North. On who was, I think, I don't know, eight or nine at the time, said, Daddy, we're not just a family, we're a team. Mm-hmm. One time I, we put out a family fleece, whether we should go back to Kurdistan during one part of the fighting to do in Burma, and we didn't have the fund sufficient mission. So our fleece was that we'd have half the funds by this date. Well, we got them exactly on that date. Mm-hmm. That's the fleece, and so I called a family conference. We all sat on the bed about midnight in Thailand and prayed together and laid it all out. My kids said, Dad, it's easy. Why are you trying to chicken out? You just got to have faith. We got to go. <laughs> well, keep and it's it. not like they love going to the Middle East. They love being in Burma. Hmm. There's never been a time where they um, prayed and put their own interests aside and really listened to God. And we get the same answer. They have their own personal preferences. You know, if you ask them, where do you want to be most? field in Burma. That's where they feel their uncles and aunts are. That's where they grew up. That's where their horses are. That's where they have total freedom. They love the nature and environment. Being in America, let's say Alaska. And we also like Wyoming. And, you know, but we haven't done anything where someone said, I don't think God wants us to do this. We've never done that. Hmm. And it's, uh, you know, your family's with you as part of your crew, but you also have other companions and, and members that you travel with. Uh, that I think some of them are featured actually in the episode, one called Monkey, and is one Ilya? Is, is that correct? Yeah. Some of the, you know, for in Burma, we've got 70 teams of five people each. We have a staff of about, or headquarters element, about 40 ethnic leaders. And Ilya 
and Monkey are are two co they're two my two co leaders, and Ilya is our chief medic and Monkey's our chief pastor. Now, from those seventy teams, that's about three hundred and fifty rangers and our you know forty person staff. That's like almost four hundred rangers. We bring about seven of those, the most senior people, and of those seven, uh, we bring Ilya because he's our top guy and Monkey, and then we bring others. One of the things that we we wanted to touch on a little bit is. You know, our, the, the Brinkman Adventure episode is um, the Free Burma Rangers uh, Part 2 mm-hmm. that takes place. Uh, but it's not like this is a one isolated incident that is so extraordinary we right. had to share it. It is like one of many. It's like uh, going and picking one book off a bookshelf. Uh, you know, lately you've been, you kind of touched on it. You have been in the Middle East. And you've you've been involved. We've heard some of those stories, uh, and we understand that you're hoping to get back to Iraq uh, in the coming months. And how can people uh, pray for you and and support you in that effort to to get there? Uh, and it's like not a typical typical missionary kind of thing. I mean, you're out there actually saving physical lives as well and providing care and support. And I think that's one of the things I find is so amazing. It's not just kind of you're, you're, you're walking the walk and, or, you know, walking the talk or talking the walk or whatever <laughs> it is, you know, you're doing what you, <laughs> yeah. you're, 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 you're practicing what you preach. And so how can people uh, find out a little bit more about that and uh, tell us uh, a little bit about your plans? Well, you know, we have a website that people can look at and email us through. I think the first prayer is us right now, that we wouldn't just push ahead on what we think is right, but what is God's will? Mm-hmm. Can tell we should go back to Iraq. So then my second prayer would be, that that's still God's will, and we need prayer. You know, Daniel in the lion's den prayed for help, and it was God's will to help him, but it took a long time. Jesus talked about the widow and pray, praying and I'm not sure why, but he said to do it. Appreciate any prayer that we could, uh, the barriers would come down and we have a channel to get back into Kurdistan and Iraq. We'll certainly pray for that. Can you tell us what exactly you, you hope to accomplish by going there? Well, we've been taking teams from Burma to Iraq and Syria for the last three years. People who are under attack by ISIS, that's medical help and other humanitarian help gospel of Jesus. I mean, when I left, the Iraqi general told me, thank you for coming. Tell Americans we love them. Please love us. And thanking for us what it means to follow Jesus. Hmm. Humvee driver named Muhammad, the Iraqi soldier, Muslim, in April. On May the 4th, he was shot eight times, saving my translator who was shot. And my translator eventually died, but Muhammad lived. And when I asked him two weeks later, I called him in Baghdad Hospital. He said, I'm very happy because Jesus in my heart, no problem. Wow. <laughs> and then he said awesome. his sister had a vision that a man in white clothes with shining hair came holding her brother the moment he was shot and said, your brother's okay. He's with me. So mm-hmm. that's part of our role. That's the main part is to share the gospel of Jesus and be his ambassadors. And what we hope to, hope to accomplish by going when we go back is to continue that with the Iraqis and the Kurds, continue support at the front lines wherever they are, but also to follow up on the different people that we were part of rescuing. Almost all of them, except for one little girl, were wounded. And 
We want to follow up on their spiritual state, on their medical care, help the ones that need more operations, find out where they are, check on the little girl. That's what we want to do. And so we have a longing in our heart to go see them. Okay. And how long would you actually be in country there? Oh, just a little under a month for this one. Our plan is in Iraq in November and in Burma, December and January, June, back to Iraq and Syria. Dave, are you st- are you still training guys in Burma? I mean, do you still have these trainings going on, more people being raised that, that's up That's why there? I have to go back to Burma. If we weren't doing a training, I would just stay in Iraq for the next six months. have our main training and our 20-year anniversary in Burma. October, they graduate in January. So I'm going for the last month of training follow a mission, and I'll go back to Iraq after that. What are the guys doing in Burma as you're in Iraq? Can you kind of just well, give us a picture? Well, our teams that are in conflict areas, which is about half the teams, um, are providing frontline medical care as Burma Army attacks people. In areas where there's ceasefires and no fighting, our teams are doing relief that they can stay in a village longer. There's no attacks, so people still need medical care and the gospel and other kind of help. And then right now, the focus of our leadership is training an intake of 20 new teams from 10 different ethnic groups that have come in to be trained as rangers. That's, that's the focus of headquarters now. We've got about 40 or 50 instructors. And again, they graduate at the end of December or January. And then we always go on a one-month follow-on graduation mission, and we'll be doing that with them as well. Oh. Go back to Iraq. When you were five, you, you raised your pocket knife to the air and said, I'm going to be a missionary and I'm going to be a soldier someday. Have your kids decided what they want to do? Well, the oldest, Sahaley, she wants to be a singer. She's already singing. Awesome. And Suzanne wants to be someone who takes care of animals, <laughs> animal industry. Okay. She's, they're both really good horse ladies. She wants to professionally be a trainer or something like that with horses or maybe pro rodeo. She's pretty good. She beat the U.S. champion last year head-to-head in wow. Cody, Wyoming. Wow. wow. That's champion. awesome. I mean, that, you know, that, that doesn't mean that much because you have to beat him 100 times or more. <laughs> but still, that she could do it is amazing. So I don't know if she'll go pro, but she actually could. And then Peter, he doesn't know. You ask him, he goes, I'm too young. I don't even need to know that yet. But then someone <laughs> asked Peter once, think you'll be a missionary? And he goes, I think I already am one. <laughs> that's when he was six years old <laughs> that's, that's awesome. fantastic that's <laughs> yeah so he doesn't know yet but he's interested in flying he's interested in engineering soldier so i don't know wow you know i thought it would be kind of cool i don't know dave would you be willing to just pray for us as we close would that be all right I'm, I mean, just praying for our listeners. I think about all the families who are li- going to be listening to this, all the kids who are listening to this. I would love for you just to pray for them and um, that God would lead them and guide them and more people would be raised up to, to just follow really where God is calling them. Okay, I'd love to. Lord Jesus, thank you for the Rankmans. Thank you for this whole program and all, all the listeners. And thank you for the lessons you just taught me that wherever we go, that no matter how weak we are when we do your work, you overcome evil and bring out good, we serve you first and that you'll take all the burdens. And so, Lord, I, um, us in between missionaries and older ones and young ones, especially the youngest ones coming up next, feel the call to um, go out and share your love full-time by word and deed. Be bold to do that, not be afraid to fail. And I ask that you purify their motives, give them the signs they need, And thank you for the 
venture part of helping launch people into your work and ask for protection too and all the resources needed in Jesus name. Amen. 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 And I can't think of a better way to end this podcast. Uh, for more information, visit www.brinkmanadventure.com and freeburmarangers.org. Freeburmarangers.org. Uh, also, I think Dave has a book out there you can check out. I think I got it from Amazon. I got it from it's Amazon. Ra- Rangers in the Gap. Rangers in the Gap. It's a really good book. So, uh, for myself and Sarah, uh, we ask that God bless you richly, and we will talk to you next time. Bye bye. Bye-bye, and come to Thailand, our base. Everybody's welcome. Horses and monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) Will do. (laughs) Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. We would love it. My kids would love it. 